0: Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of With Love Alexa. Today's podcast, I spoke with Greta Wyatt, who is an educational-based health advocate. She loves to help women understand their bodies. She's nationally certified and S T O O T certified Pilates teacher and founder of Still Point Movement. Um, we had a great conversation about knowing your body and learning to listen to it. And I hope you guys learned something and enjoy the episode. Hi, Greta, how are you?
1: I'm fine, thanks, how are you?
0: Good, thanks so much for coming on today and talking with us. I'm excited to learn like about your studio and some of the things you do with like Pilates and I'm excited to learn about you and how you can help others.
1: Thank you, I'm excited to share. I've been working in Pilates for about 10 years and um, I've been really focusing on, helping people understand their own movement and helping people understand their own bodies a little bit better so that they can advocate for themselves. And um, I found that with my clients, when they, when they understand how their body works and have the language of anatomy a little bit, they, um, they can better understand how to help themselves feel better. I couldn't
0: agree more. I think that is so spot on because something I learned dealing with chronic pain is how to advocate for myself.
1: Absolutely, I, I have a lot of pain uh, of clients that are dealing with with chronic pain, and I myself have have um, well, I came to Pilates through uh, through a path of of chronic pain, and I think mm-hmm. that. Um, that's kind of helped to helped me to understand my clients and to really empathize with my clients, and also to give them kind of a way forward. I, I always say yeah. that I always felt like my my journey, my struggle, was um, kind of like a, a forest, and and so I I use that that metaphor to kind of describe. Um, going through the process of discovery and self-advocacy to find a path out of the forest and and you know kind of help yourself to to get better i love that i love that oh. analogy and this it it
0: is really true so it works yeah.
1: <laughs> it's funny I, I actually was talking to my mom my mom is a um, um, she used to be she's retired now but she was a um, an emergency room nurse and she helped me to kind of really uh, um, embrace that metaphor. And she said, you know, some people, some people never go into the forest. They just refuse, or, or or nothing in their life, you know, causes them to have to enter the forest. Some people go into the forest either on purpose or or through some sort of event in their lives. And then once they're in the forest, some people get lost. Some people, um, you know, can't find a way out. And then and then when you find your path and when you find your way out, you are a different person at, at the end.
0: Yeah. Like my... Um, oh. I was
1: gonna pop. My...
0: No, but I, I get what you're saying about the forest though, because I think I entered it through like a car accident actually five years ago today and I've been struggling in the forest a little bit but I'm like getting there yeah the pain is there but it's not as it's noticeable but it's not I think I'm so used to it now like trying different things that I kind of sometimes forget it's there in a weird way
1: yeah I well so my I can sympathize I um I actually had uh, kidney issues, which oh. led to um, sort of pelvic floor weakness. And from there, trying to get the kidney issues dealt with, I um, I ruptured a disc in my spine <clears throat> and the, the fluid inside of the disc leaked down onto my sciatic nerve and paralyzed my leg. Oh. Um, and I had, I, I mean, I had a four-year-old and an 18-month-old baby at the time. Oh. And it was a huge, huge struggle. <laughs> and still to this day, I mean, that happened, you know, I guess 13 years ago almost. Um, still to this day, my back feels fragile. I I, I have to really be aware, but, but there's, there's, Things that I do, Pilates is one of them mm-hmm. that um, that have made me stronger and made me more confident in my ability to take care of myself. Yeah. The other thing that really helped me in my own journey was being able to to name it. You know, having having the anatomical words and and being able to describe. In my own body, what was happening to myself. Yep. And from all of my research and from all of my, you know, kind of deep dive into this understanding of, of pelvic floor health and well being and how the pelvic floor is integral to, to spinal alignment and spinal mobility and health, um, I actually created a, a, a course. Um, on my website that kind of talks about anatomy and physiology and, and pelvic floor health and wellness so that other women could learn from, you know, about, so that maybe someone doesn't have to go through the whole long process that I went through.
0: (laughs) No, I agree. And I think also what's so important, like you were saying, having those terms, like knowing. That was like my biggest thing. Is I just needed to know what was going on with me, yeah. because it took a year to figure out. And I had doctors telling me basically I was crazy, that I'm a normal, healthy girl. I was 21. I had just graduated college two months before all this happened.
1: Oh my goodness! Why would I be
0: making this up and wanting this? I couldn't right. Work for a lot of it, like. So, knowing, but then once I knew the name, I mean, it was still hard because I still had to figure out the whole like trying to get better. But right. right, at least knowing that it was something.
1: Right. And, that... and I, I think that that knowledge and, and that process of, well, finding the knowledge and having the terms and, and, and gaining that education, I think it's actually a form of, of healthcare advocacy. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, like, you know, in this process of creating this video and really trying to give... Um, women, um, those words and that language to be able to advocate for themselves, I, I, um, I'm trying to kind of bridge this gap because in, in healthcare, there's, there's kind of two different types of advocacy, right? There's these mm-hmm. big group advocacy like um, um, like the American Cancer Society or, or advocacy against a specific environmental hazard, like in Erin Brockovich or something. Um, and then there's also kind of like individual health advocacy where you get your own particular health advocate through the, the hospital kind of setting and, a, and you have a patient bill of rights. And so there's community and there's individual, but there's, there's no sort of um, bridging that gap so that we could help large numbers of people individually. And I think actually education and building knowledge... Yeah is the space where we can kind of bridge that gap in healthcare advocacy so that, for example, with the pelvic floor, as more and more women learn to speak the language of the medical community and be able to identify in their own bodies where they need help, then each woman individually can access better care, but also the the larger population of women will be able to understand their bodies and advocate as a community for better yep. health So that's. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I think the problem is too, is because like in the med schools or when they're learning, they don't necessarily learn as much about chronic pain. They're learning more about like the anatomy and things like someone breaks a leg, they know how to fix it. It's they're not, so they don't understand it unless you go through it yourself or know someone that went through it. So it's hard for them to maybe necessarily help either.
1: Right, and and I think that there's, that chronic pain has, you know, all sorts of emotional aspects mm-hmm. to it. And and chronic pain also, I, I, I've done a lot of research with um, fascia and, and fascia is kind of a, a very, a not very well understood aspect of, of health because, we really only started to study fascia in like the early 2000s when we had the ability to look underneath a microscope at living tissue, mm-hmm. and um, and fascia has so many sensory neurons, and it's it's like your 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 soft skeleton, and it's 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 got the most sensory neurons in the body. So all this research is coming out now about how fascia actually has a, a, a big role to play in in chronic pain and we don't even know we don't even know how to treat that kind of pain because that's not cellular it's it's fibrous and so um, so yeah so that's another aspect of, of kind of knowledge-based health advocacy and kind of figuring out well how do I navigate the, the fitness and healthcare uh, setting in my own body. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Cause then we can help others. We can help the doctors even to help us if we know Exactly.
1: I actually have. Um, so I work in post rehab in my Pilates uh, practice, and my my neighbor next door. He is a sports medicine doctor, and so I have several clients who I've been working with for years. I have one client who's been with me seven years, and she has uh, rheumatoid arthritis, and so a lot of the work that I've been doing with her is uh, fascia based and she's making big progress. She's, she's um, in a lot less pain. Her disease has not progressed at all within the time frame. It's amazing. And so I was talking about it with my neighbor and he was asking me like, okay, tell me about this case study. Tell me about these clients that you have with rheumatoid arthritis. And, um, you know, I, I'm I'm curious to learn more about fascia because it's within my purview as a, a sports medicine doctor, but I don't have the practical experience of you know working with people, helping people to understand how it works in their bodies, and actually manipulating bodies and and finding real results. That's a
0: good doctor. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good doctor, like wanting to learn and to grow and to help his patients.
1: Yeah. Well, and I think also he he's interested in the research aspect of fascia because it's so new. I think that that's kind of a, a draw, you know, it's yeah. a, kind of a, a um, oh, what do they call it? Like a a, a, a word that people are, are paying attention to and a topic that people are paying attention to. Yeah you yeah. um, know, and so I think he wants to to sort of develop knowledge, but I think that the people that have knowledge about fascia are actually uh, people who are working with clients, physical therapists, uh, post-rehab workers, even fitness um, industry, people who, who are um, kind of in the trenches. <laughs> yeah,
0: and I think what's so good about you too, working with your clients, is you have the empathy, because you've been there and you're going through it also. Sometimes people with chronic pain, a lot of times we know there's not necessarily anything to cure it, quote unquote, I mean maybe one day, but so just having that empathy from doctors, therapists, helps. Yeah,
1: Yeah. well, I think that, um, yeah, I I think that also, sorry about my dogs. (laughs) It's all good. (laughs) Um, there's an aspect of um, sort of approaching people where they are. And I think that's probably where my empathy comes from, because I know sort of academically, how they would be treated in in a physical therapy setting, or I know sort of how I was treated when I went to physical therapy. But I think that there is an emotional aspect for example you know i see a lot of clients with um pelvic floor dysfunction Mm -hmm. and um one thing that a lot of my clients have come to me and said is that you know i went to a pt it felt invasive i i um i'm i'm trying to come to terms with this idea that all of a sudden all of the places that I don't necessarily feel comfortable sharing with people are kind of open and on display and up for discussion. And my approach is, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to touch you. I'm not going to, I'm not going to um, invade your space, but I am going to try and help you understand and feel muscles and feel engagement. And feel your body moving in a in a way that helps you to feel better slowly over time. So, I think that different approaches to um, uh, to wellness are valuable, not just that sort of medical approach, but also kind of finding a holistic care yeah. uh, because because there's again an emotional aspect, and sometimes mm-hmm. that that's a big part of of. Yeah especially chronic pain,
0: yeah. Yeah, it's mental, emotional, physical, everything.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I love talking with you. And can you tell us your website, your business name, where you can be found, whatever you want?
1: Sure, so my name is Greta Wyeth and um, my studio is called Still Point Movement. Um, It's just a small studio And I work with post rehab clients on developing healthy movement patterns and strength and alignment and mobility. And um, I have a website, stillpointmovement.com, which is where I have some courses, some education courses. My first is a pelvic floor health and movement course. It has a lot of anatomy and physiology. Um, It's got aspects of functional movement, and it has uh, 12 exercises that people can help themselves to um, start to re-engage and find uh, strength and movement in the pelvic floor. And soon, hopefully in November, fingers crossed, um, I will also have a course on fascia. And so, That's going to be, again, kind of science-based, really describing what it is, what it's made of, how it works in your body, um, how do we affect the fascia in our body, what its role is, and it's got many roles, and so so that's going to be coming out soon. Well,
0: that's exciting. Yeah. Well, thank you. you for sharing, and thank you for coming. Um, This was another episode of With Love Alexa, and all of her information will be in the description below, and I hope you guys all have a great day. Don't forget to rate, subscribe, and review. Bye, guys.